So today's conversation is with Neil Patel. He's a third-generation entrepreneur. His family has been bitten by the travel bug ever since for the last 35, 40 odd years. Avida World is a relatively recent company, about 10 years old. They are currently about 150 odd stores and they're doing about 100k travelers a year. And they found it fairly interesting to adopt the technology in terms of how retention has to play out. The fun part about this conversation is the level of attention Vina World plays to the details when it comes to making tour packages for teenagers perhaps who are traveling for the first time or senior citizens who have their own unique set of travel needs or honeymooners for that matter. So the way they've really looked at customer segments very natively sounds fairly fascinating as to how they manifest this whole thing of understanding consumer insights into their engagement programs. I completely love the way uh, Neil travels and I'm actually jealous of him. Here's why. Thank you so much for doing this with us, Neil. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Welcome to the show. So, you know, first up, very simple, straight questions. Uh, how did the travel happen to you? I understand the journey was multi-generation. It was probably decided for you before you were born, but it would be fun to hear it out. I guess travel more so, Ankur, was like I kept seeing people traveling all the time when I was at home. And travel, like you said, oh, my family's been in travel for multiple generations. We started Vina Old in 2013. But if I were to say something on a personal front, every day when you wake up, Instagram gives you FOMO, right? And if Instagram's giving you FOMO, you feel like traveling everywhere. Sure. Now, I've been lucky enough to travel to different parts of the world, been outside, stayed in Australia for four years, I had the chance to go to Antarctica in 2012. So I've done multiple things like this. And as we went around setting up Vina World since 2013, I realized that people, when they travel, get a very different outlook on life. When you travel, you come back refreshed. And it could be you going to a local fort in Maharashtra in near Mumbai where we are sitting or you might go something as crazy mm. as Antarctica or the Arctic Circle. But whenever you do that, you just have a very different definition of life from the point you started it to the point you ended it. And over the course of the last 10 years, we have seen thousands of travelers coming back with this view. So the travel bug caught me a long time ago, but I would say every day it's just been increasing and increasing. Because so, you know, uh, the fact that you've been doing this across multiple generations, I'm assuming you found out a specific, uh, let's say, problem statement or a niche or a specific situation that was not necessarily getting the kind of justice it deserved. And that uh, was a part of your initial story. So how about you just break this down for us a little bit? Well, if you look at the Indian market, we are a huge population and everyone is a different type of traveler. There is a traveler who wants bindi masala on their holiday every day. There is a traveler who does not eat vegetarian food at all. Whether it comes to eating habits, whether it comes to likes and dislikes, there's just people um, who are different, right? So that's why when we started Pina World, we knew that these people are different. So that's why company jab launch karni hai, we want to ensure that the company is going to be big. We are going to come with a big bang. But at the same time, we are going to come with products that are going to hit the niche segment also. That's why we came up with women's special tours. Mm. Women's special tours are all about people in the age group of 8 to 80 years old going on the tour or holiday alone. Okay. Our tour managers handle everything. So women can go enjoy. And over mm. here, what we've seen is that generally many homemakers, many people in the corporate space, like, you know, haven't ever gone out by themselves but it's always with the family. So here, sure. they find new friends, they make new friend groups. And that's why like Women Special was one thing that we launched. While feeling completely safe and taken care of. Exactly. Because mm. the tour manager is there to handle all of that. Sure. You just enjoy. Then there's senior citizen travel um, tours that we do. And that's another popular segment. 
Now, senior citizen, as the name suggests, is people over the age of 58 who can sure. travel or 68. But what we've realized is that senior citizen tours also are a great gift. Like, you know, a great oh, gift absolutely. idea. And many sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, or just loved ones like to give this to um, the older people in their family. And again, our tour managers are there. We have been fortunate enough to have 350 tour managers today who are traveling around the world. Even as mm -hmm. we speak today, there are about 180 to 190 tours on within India sure. and outside of the world. But talking about niche segments, mm. I'd like to bring in a third yes, one, right? Please. We research a lot. Our product team at Vina World, like the destination or travel product team, researches a lot. Now there we found out that arranged marriages are a huge phenomenon. Okay. Now what happens is that you meet a partner today you have to say yes or no today or in five days or ten days. After a month, you're married. And the next day, you're packed off and sent on a honeymoon without really getting to know the partner. Sure. Right? And we have seen this happen in all social circles, yeah. all socio-economic forms of society and everything. Now, we came back and said, Ki, okay, there is this person, a guy or a girl, who suddenly at Suvarnabhumi Airport in Bangkok with this partner, who he or she have met only and only like a few times. A maybe. few times, right? Yeah. And suddenly the partner's like, okay, I want to impress this person. But at the same time, I'm in a place like Thailand where English is not the first language. Sure. What do I do? Yeah. And then we started realizing from the feedback that our tour managers were giving us, just observing at airports like Dubai, Suvarnabhumi and all, because that's generally the place where you People go to destination. Um, first when you're traveling outside of India. And they were like, these couples appear confused. So then we were like, okay, honeymoons have always been considered as two people going. But the problems that these two people encounter are something that no one really talks about. Sure. So then the product team was like, okay, like, you know, let's launch honeymoon tours. Okay. Now honeymoon tours mean 20 couples. A group is generally 40. 20 mm. couples going together. Okay. With our tour manager. Even you might think that a honeymoon is like just like for a couple, like why would 20 couples go together? Don't you think that's invasive? Like, you know, mm -hmm. your privacy won't be there. But we noticed that that product when we launched took off like crazy because people were like, I don't want the headache of kaha khana hai. I don't want the headache of where my next transfer is going to be. Is my bus going to arrive mm -hmm. on time? Mm -hmm. And all of these things. And it even exceeded the expectations that we had set from Honeymoon Tours. Circling back to the question that you asked that how did we come up with these niche mm. segments and all of that? I guess it's a lot of listening, a lot of observing, a lot of un trying to understand the thing as to why someone is feeling the way they feel on holiday or before their holiday. So we have this principle at Vina World where we ask why five times instead of just asking once. Sure. Because... The first time is just a reactive yeah, answer. Yeah. We've always worked like that and we've managed to create multiple segments. Of, of course, over mm. the course of the conversation, I'd like to bring in Absolutely. many. But yeah, these were three that have really worked for us and it's three different segments. Yeah. So in some sense, it's reflective of, like you said, the whole listening as well as the whole insights that you've developed uh, in terms of uh, the needs of the audience, which is somewhat different from a mainstream audience because a couple could have gone with a larger group tour as well but then the kind yeah. of content of this tour wouldn't look very different for a honeymoon couple versus what might look for a senior citizen kind of yeah. setup. So in terms of uh, manifesting this in your GTM orchestrations now so of course typically most companies would have a marketing plan which would drive traffic to the landing pages and all of that uh, and then there'd be a conversion path there'll be an assisted sales mechanism. 
So what does your journey look like? And how does this manifest across these segments? Now, before 2020, at Vina World, we were doing many things, whether it comes from a marketing perspective, whether it comes from a guest journey perspective, everything in a very traditional way. And um, one of the reasons for that is we ourselves didn't know what was happening because every day hundreds of travelers were traveling. We were so much sure. into the day-to-day. -day. Now the pandemic gave us time to reflect. Sure. See, at Vina World, we are packaging a hotel or multiple hotels, flight tickets, transfers, sightseeing, restaurants, everything tons together. Tons of failure points possible. Man. Exactly. That's tons, of, points also. tons of failure points possible. Someone might find something in their soup at a restaurant in Kathmandu, right? Yeah. Someone might not like the AC that is there in a car in somewhere in Assam. These are these things are not in our hand. But sure. we want to ensure that whenever a problem arises, we are there for you. And that's why our marketing plans have also evolved accordingly. What we often look at is that we look at the pre-lead phase, the lead phase, the post-lead phase. Then it's the pre-travel, um, pre during travel, travel and after travel, hmm. after travel phase. We have specialized teams that handle all of these phases at Vina World. We have a separate team that handles, like you might find it funny, but we feel that, you know, everyone has a travel bucket list. So we often ask our travelers, ki, when are you going to complete 20 countries? When are you going to complete 30 countries? When are you going to complete 50 countries? And as we went on asking these questions to our uh, loyal travelers, they kept saying that, Ari, because you ask me, I want to travel more. I want to tick off these countries. So we set up a separate team called Guest Connect. And all they do is that we've created a small uh, virtual game on our website where mm -hmm. you just tick off all of the countries that you've been to, all of the states of Incredible India you've been to. And you send us the list and we'll plan the entire travel for you so that you get to 50 in the next 5 years, 10 years and all of that. Now, the whole idea behind creating something like this has always been marketing jargon retention. That's like, what I was exactly headed to because it seems like a very thought through long customer life cycle or lifetime yeah. value, right? I mean, it's 50 years of life. Yeah. I might first travel with you as a <laughs> kid with my parents, but then subsequently I'm traveling with you for the next 50 years of my life. Yeah. So... Like retention has always been key because when someone has booked the first time with you, they have trusted you. Yeah. If all that goes well, they are going to come back to you and mm. they are going to give you a second chance. Not a second chance, but they are going to give you like first dibs on sure. the, your dead, yeah. planning their next travel plans. So the ball is in your court to decide whether it really happens or it doesn't happen. And that's why we feel that when we want to retain um, the traveler or retain the guest, before 2020, we were in a different space. But after 2020, we came across multiple tools. A lot of it also had to do with you and your team also, mm -hmm. where we understood how we can reach different audiences in different ways. Sure. Otherwise, earlier it used to be chalo, SMS blast page, deete hai, email blast page deete hai, and all of that. And for me, it's very critical um, when you look at top of funnel that I, as one of the founders at Vina World, I'm in touch with every guest. And if I have to be in touch with every guest, how do I do that? Now, generally, we were only creating videos on YouTube. But then we realized that, okay, let's create podcasts. Let's create newsletters. And then, like, you know, WebEngage gave me this tool. And suddenly, um, I was speaking to one of your team members, Tushar. And then in my team, like, our DevOps engineer and our product manager, Madhura and Nishad. When we were evaluating that, I was telling them that, oh, God, Nishad, Madhura, you've given me, like, this tool where I can send out newsletters to someone every day to yeah. different audiences 
and personalized ones. And when we started doing that, we realized that people also want to have that conversation. Right. People write back to me saying that, you know, what you said over here, I didn't like it in this podcast. Okay. And people then started giving us many ideas. Mm. And then what happened was Vinavold went from being a transactional company to a relationship-driven company. And when you talk about a relationship-driven company, it's more so that you've built a Vinavold ecosystem mm. where a traveler may engage with you when they are planning a holiday or may engage with you even for dinner table conversation. Like sure. for example, we have one of our um, blogs talk about whether you should book premium economy on a flight or not. Hmm. Now, when someone is just planning travel from Mumbai to Delhi, they might take a Vistara and they might evaluate yeah. whether I'll go premium economy or economy. Yeah. Now, there, if our blog comes in handy, we are happy. Sure. So that's why for us, top of the funnel has always been being in front of you. Mm. Not only when you are in that transaction with Vina World, but at other times also. So in some sense, whatever new customers are coming into your platforms now, I would assume there's a certain split between uh, the kind of segments, the animal staff, the senior citizen, the women traveler. Uh, is this the dominant component of what your new acquisition happens today? The people traveling with you for the first time? So if you look at Vina World, we have five verticals. We have group travel. Sure. We have customized holidays where you go with your friends and loved mm. ones and only that. Group travel is a group You'll of... You'll curate the whole yeah. thing but uh, there's no group involved. Yeah, just me yeah and customized my... is you going yeah. to Maldives, you going sure. to Japan uh, with your friends and family. Then we have mice meetings, incentives, sure. conferences, exhibitions or corporate travel. Yeah. We have inbound which is a big part of our business. And coming like, to India. Yeah, people from outside of India coming into India and we have foreign exchange. Now, we wanted to create a model where group travel starts working in a, in a way where we are able to replicate great experiences for travelers on every tour, but without like us being like hands-on everywhere, right? Sure. But still give that experience mm -hmm. to the travelers. So we discussed the senior special segment earlier. Yeah. There, we'll be attracting senior citizens. So in some sense, this has got a blend of customization, but in the group travel format. Yes. Okay. So... Then once we realized that, okay, group travel, we know what is working. Mm. We decided to venture into corporate travel and MICE. Sure. And post the pandemic, we have seen like a 10x increase in our oh, corporate absolutely. travel segment just because we wanted to crack that first and then enter it. Within our group travel segment, we realized that, you know, grandparents always like to spend time with their grandchildren. Sure. So we were like, okay, parents, you only book the travel, but let the grandparents and the grandchildren go out and do something. Why not? Then... We had something that came up for treks and hikes, solo travelers or something. You know, what's so, indeed to me is all of these different segments keep emerging, but somewhere there's a life cycle that the consumer is going through and you're yeah. also discovering more and more about them as they choose some of these things, right? Yeah. Because if I've chosen and gone this path, then my next action might be very different from somebody who's entered from this path and uh, taken the next step. Yeah. So now the manifestation of uh, this insight to say that, okay, these are all the 20 different products that I have. Uh, they all get launched. They probably get launched to my new acquisition as well as my existing customer base. How do you then manifest or translate this into what's going to scale and what's going to die? Because you might have launched 20 products and I understand that that's the yeah. language you're using yeah. uh, for travel offering those products. So then uh, what scales, what doesn't scale, which segments get what and how do you, this is a lot of science, yeah. as a degree of art and a certain degree of systems and processes yeah. as well. So we'd love to just you know open this black box. Things that have scaled for us, women tours, honeymoon tours, senior citizen tours, family tours, inbound foreigners coming into sure. India. Because we just are able to operate at scale because we have 350 tour managers who are either on tour or 
like doing training sessions. It's also a reasonably broad segment which has a certain size and scale available yes. and needs a sort of homogeneous. So you're able to make that into yeah. a standardized offering and scale that up. Exactly. Sure. But, but that's where I would go yeah. next to the slightly more niche stuff. Yeah, but there are some segments that won't scale. There will be people who would want to fly a residence class on Etihad but still want to be in a group tour. Sure. There will be people who want to go on a luxury group tour to Singapore where they want super five-star hotels, they want Mercedes S-Class transport, mm. they want fast pass at Universal Studios, they want like um, the Pranam Seva at the airport where they have to zip through that. Now, these offerings are not going to scale. At the end of the day, really people are asking for is that I want to enjoy the things that I enjoy. Sure. Will you be able to create this mm. for me? So that's why a lot of our offerings are also available on request. So, in some sense, this is solving the lifetime value problem more than the customer acquisition problem. Would that be a safe direction to take this in? I would, I would say that. Say, for example, another niche segment that we have is customized holidays. Sure. Now, everyone offers customized holidays. If you search for, um, I want to go to Japan for five days, there are going to be 15 and then whoever yeah. does SEO best is going to rank for you on Google, right? Now, over there, think about you going on a holiday with your friends and family. Now, inadvertently, there is one of you who is still breaking their heads looking at Google Maps, sure. looking at blogs. Yeah. Where should I eat today? How do I do all of these? So we brought in a thing mm. where we were like, you go with your family on a customized holiday. But we can give a tour manager with you who will still handle everything. But these things are not going to scale, right? Sure. But it's a it's a segment. But now what we've done is we've created journeys for these pe these travelers mm. where we are only talking about experiences that you should enjoy and when you should plan your next holiday. Mm. And then the targeted communication that today we are able to do to these audiences through newsletters, through WhatsApp messages, through uh, targeted like, you know, WhatsApp groups that we may have created because mm. WhatsApp is very prevalent in India, right? Mm. So it's it's constantly keep telling you like, like what Instagram does, right? That, okay, there is this thing that exists and you can do it so that like that matures maybe after a nine month period or a 12 month period. Like one of our travelers who traveled on the residence class uh, on Etihad, we had told them about the residence class a year ago. And then He'd after a year, they, they, they met. They met us and they were like, you know, you told us about that, that residence class. And we want to try it now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What I hear you say is you're selling actually the travel experience and Mina just is the enabler. You're not really the... Yeah. Destination. The Eiffel Tower yeah. will be the same whether you go exactly. again or with someone else. But the fact that this will be enabled very seamlessly is where your play comes in. Yeah. So now, uh, you know, coming back to the several macro level thesis on just the retention and <laughs> lifetime value and those components. In your business, uh, you spoke about the metric around one last trip and multiple small trips and the different customer segments. Would you define retention as in your world? And how do you measure it? How do you how much do you obsess over it? Is this something that you like think on a daily basis from a marketing and communication lens. I would imagine service lens, by all means, you will make sure the service is great. But beyond that, how does it look? Like I won't say retention is super important for me. I ask, ask, I ask like what conversions kya hai and all of that. Because I have conviction in the marketing strategy that we, create, we have created mm -hmm. that retention will work if you keep the ball rolling. Sure. If today I stop doing any of the content pieces that I'm doing, whether it's a newsletter, whether it's sending WhatsApp stories or something like that, or creating the journeys that we are creating, then retention is going to stop. Hmm. For us, metrics that we look at, 
when it comes to retention, like you know, someone coming back to us, is that in a year, how many tours has someone done with us who previously used to do multiple tours in a year? For us, retention is also something where after someone has come back from a holiday, like earlier it used to be the someone will inquire after nine months or a twelve month period to come, like for another holiday. Now that time has decreased, right? So we start looking at metrics where what is well we call it time of arrival to next inquiry period, right? That interval is shrunk. Yeah, that has that has shrunk because when you come back from a holiday, yeah, you're tired, you want to go back home and all of that. But next day you open Instagram, like, FOMO, office. Yeah. Okay. Now when something like this is happening, like we are like if someone else is giving you FOMO, let us give you FOMO, na. So sure. that's why these moments that people have on tour, that photos and all of that, we often like to put it in our system where if someone has come back and inquired, our team members will also see the traveler timeline. You've traveled in back in the day with one of oh, our so tour the entire travel history is available to the travel expert. Yeah, yeah. I find it powerful. So this is retention becomes important because you. Or retention becomes important when you know that you have 600 competitors and not 6 competitors. Sure. That fuels you to not stop doing what you're doing. And then if you're able to create this entire ecosystem, then you're always in front of the user. Like, you know, when you go to the cinema, popcorn is in front of you. You have to buy it. Looking right? at Similarly, over here, what we are trying to create is we are trying to create an ecosystem. We are trying to redefine travel in such a way that you start valuing the experience over the budget mm. because we've seen many people value the budget over the experience and when they've reached the destination they have not had a great experience and then sucks because yeah. you save pennies but screen the experience yeah. and what I'm now trying to zoom into is this whole part where you said that retention is a default outcome of a great experience to start with mm -hmm. now which is where when you said there's the guy who's the so-called scout in the family is having a better time automatically he'll gravitate towards continuing with you uh, subsequently. Yeah. And you made some interesting points around frequency. So now uh, there's a degree of change with so-called revenge travel here and there. And there's yeah. also relatively recent news around airfare shooting up. So what's this whole uh, scene on frequency across each of these segments and how does that translate into uh, choices that you're making on communication or uh, sales? Before the pandemic, people used to travel on one long holiday every year and one short holiday. Now, Going from one long holiday to one short holiday, now we are seeing people travel on one long holiday and traveling on four or five short holidays because long weekends are a thing. Sure. Everyone realized that video conferencing can work in the pandemic, right? Because that's why Zoom played a huge role. Today, we are see sitting across the table over here, but we realized that, okay, if we couldn't, wouldn't have been able to meet, we would have probably hopped on something and sure. still done this. Gone are the days where people think that, oh, Monday to Friday, I am going to be in my city. I'm going to be working. People nowadays, earlier people used to fly Friday evenings. Now people fly Thursday evenings. People fly Wednesday evenings because they want to take the entire sure. weekend. That's why you see flight price parity now between a Friday night and a Thursday night. Because airlines have also realized that why should I price my yeah. ticket Thursday night cheaper than a Friday night because these people it's are fun. also traveling. Yeah. And that's why every... Like, you know, generally any party I go to, any social gathering I go to, everyone comes to me and is like, Neil, please tell me one thing. Are flight fares ever going to come down? And in my opinion, gone are the days of where you used to get like, you know, 
hundred rupee fares or four hundred rupee fares and all of that. Now flight fares are always going to keep increasing. Hmm. You have to decide when you want to travel, when you don't want to travel. Some people like to travel peak Diwali. Some people like to say that you know I don't want to go during the cherry blossom to Japan, but I want to go during the autumn colors. So it depends on what kind of traveler you are, right? Yeah. So it's it's always it's always been like that, and then depending on the traveler you are, we you get you come into a segment that we have created mm. at Vina World, right? You could be someone who would be residing in Pune and you like uh, food. So all of our tours, which will have local delicacies, will be. Uh, targeted at you. So if we create a podcast or a reel on Instagram, we'll send it to you in a newsletter or a WhatsApp to just remind you that okay, this exists for you. Sure. Because even the forty people who are traveling in a group, their tastes are different. But that's why we have also kept evolving our products. Mm. Today, if whenever like it's off, it's a misconception that on these group tours you only get Indian food. We get a lot of travelers who come on our group tours and only eat local food. So that has that has also been working. So. Post the pandemic, people are traveling more frequently, which means that we are able to put people into or travelers into different segments, more uh, micro segments. But that has helped us because that means I'm able to send you the info that really interests you. Sure. And that has increased click rates for us as on our website and newsletters. That has increased the number of people writing back to us with queries and their own stories. The more stories that come in, the more reviews that come in, the more photos that come in, it sort of builds credibility also for us because I will always tell you, I will always tell you, Vina World is the best, right? But when your friend tells you, you will believe that friend over me, right? So So that's a new customer to the advocate journey. So within this whole world of frequency and the part around the one big trip and multiple short trips, and you wanted me to, let's say, own you want to own all of those five trips. Yeah. What is the kind of uh, user journey from a communication lens, from the engagement lens that you'll play out mm-hmm. to make this happen? It's communication at the end of the day, right? And that's what we spend a lot of time doing this because we have an online presence and we have a large offline presence. Sure. We have like 150 locations all across India. This is physical offices. Physical offices. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like you'll walk into an office and do it because, see, you might want to book a hotel only online. Sure. You want to book a flight only uh, online but when you're booking all of these things together you really want to have a trusted Talk. face you want you want that, a face you want to also have a conversation exactly is there a personal difference between people doing this versus this is this most people doing this year and this year I don't know we've seen that someone is okay booking a 2 lakh rupee flight ticket online Absolutely. but when it comes to booking a 2 lakh rupee group tour they still want to hmm. speak to you okay. email you and then book it got it because a flight is one item. Sure. A group tour is multiple items. So when they're giving you these two lakh rupees, they want to be sure that, okay, like, you know, Angkor is, is the one that trust, I gave my money. Is it negotiation? What would those It's more be? so trust. Yeah. See, India has always been a budget conscious market, but we've seen that more and more people now are giving importance to safety, security, sure. and then the experience, experience over the budget. A certain level of quality expectation. Yeah, I don't want to be surprised by a poor bedsheet in my hotel. So if it exactly. means some premium, I'll pay it. Exactly. And, you know, you are seeing that all across today. If you order something on one of the e-commerce websites, you are okay paying 29 rupees for same-day delivery. Yep. 
although like it, you getting it same day or tomorrow is probably in some sense there's a fair size audience for uh, the premium on expectations yeah. and that's where you need to be at the top of your game yeah. now back to the question of this being the discerning audience you're trying to cater to how do you keep him coming back to you from a communication lens see now from communication lens you have to look at the funnel again right top middle bottom sure now the top of the funnel thing is me just giving you information about travel that you may need or it may hit you at some point and like, you to travel yeah, there, basically like you know i was on a flight the other day and i was like why does everyone stand up for the moment the plane lands sure right i know what's like that I'm, i'm just like i can see all consultants over here and everyone but everyone is standing and just like waiting so then i was like okay like you know chalo is pe podcast karte hain and we just put out a podcast all of the top of the funnel items are like just creating things like you know we did something did a piece Samsung's or did meal parcel on top of the recall for the body that is engaged with you exactly so i'm in front of you um yeah. all the time now this is not me selling anything to you guys and your yeah but engagement what then happens is that i'm able to repurpose content like you know why the spanish steps in an italian city like rome and put it in a newsletter that i'll send through webengage sure now if i've done this then i'm having a conversation of the with you so i'm okay. coming into that middle of the funnel piece where i'm talking about vina world i'm talking about all of these things and all of and then finally when it comes to you evaluating whether i should go with vina world or not there and this is the most challenging piece because i might create the best ecosystem but when the call comes in or when someone walks in at one of these 150 locations how they are greeted whether they are offered a tea or a coffee whether they are like welcomed in the grand way that is possible by that team member makes it or breaks that's it. an operationally complex task to imagine right yeah because you can't keep training everyone that see namaste namaskar whatever right and you will always find it a challenge in india because we are such a big geography that hindi may be the national language but if you're at your office in ahmedabad they don't want to speak hindi they want to speak gujarati of course if at your office in bangalore they don't want to speak hindi they want to speak english of course now if you say anything in hindi will they take offense to it like will the traveler take offense to it and all of that so this has been a challenge yeah. so i might create hundreds of top of the funnel like middle of the funnel things but when it comes to the bottom thing every day we wake up with that thing that you know we have able, been able to crack pune now how do we ensure that this malad branch office that we may have also starts increasing their numbers or increasing mm. their conversion where like you know uh we are doing this so that's why we've created certain segments on web engage for our internal communication also okay it's a cost for us but sure. we feel that unless we are able to develop our own team you are not going to be able to convert everyone the way you are expecting in doha and that's why see someone might walk into an office and be like i want to do a corporate travel thing for 50 employees that i have now that has to come to the corporate team or someone might walk in and think that okay a rajasthan tour is sold out but there is always a chance that we will try and get you two more seats that is where communication plays key online and offline sure. so online acts as you know the fielding that we are setting but at the end yeah. of the day the bowler yeah. or the batter is still that person who is going to speak to you on the phone sure which is the nature of the involvement in this category people yeah. will pick up the phone before they make a transaction exactly. in some sense right yeah. and on the same lens you mentioned about the so language situation is this manifesting in your communications in some sense yet yes we have started um 
like in the offline segment, we have started doing a lot of newsletter-esque articles in many regional languages. Days. Yeah, mm -hmm. many languages. We want to also start ensuring that we create segments uh, on our on the web engage platform for different audiences because I often send a newsletter to someone and say that please send this in Marathi or please send this in Gujarati. Now, when something like this happens, that that is a need, right? Absolutely, I should be able to cater to that need. So then that. You know, what's very amazing is I'll give you an example of the lending world. Now it's yeah. unrelated to the industry, but the funnels became at least 10x better, 10x, okay? Mm. In terms of the conversion uh, downstream because of the change in language. Yeah. So just because they were able to communicate with Gujarati audience in Gujarati on WhatsApp, the whole yeah. conversation flowed in Gujarati, the person was way more willing to trust this company compared to what he was yeah. willing to do with other companies. So from my lens, what we've seen is the more you're able to use automation and technology to personalize, the easier it gets to execute these things because there's no way uh, you're able to do, scale that piece manually, right? And what we've also seen interesting experiments with, uh, being done now with voice, wherein you at least speak to a person, it's actually a bot on the other side, but the bot is fairly quick with its responses. Yeah. It's also very adaptive to language. So whatever mm. language you start with, it'll pick up and respond to yeah. that language. Imagine doing this with 40, 50 languages uh, <laughs> in a very single unified experience lens. And yeah. you capture this, you capture these dispositions, you bring it back to the webbing aid system and then it goes back uh, to downstream execution. Yeah. So the power can be quite interesting. So you spoke about the fact that you have these 150 branches and you have 100,000 travelers traveling with you every year, which would mean a large number of footfalls, a large number of top of the funnel, as in your language. Help us understand this interplay between online and offline. I would assume you use a certain level of marketing to drive traffic to these stores and a certain level of digital play to then follow up from the conversion that happened in these stores. Help us uh, understand this better, please. So see, if you really think about it, um, the the hybrid model really helps because we are able to cater to a larger audience. Sure. And when we are catering to a larger audience, some people may not have the time to visit an office. That's why the online play just is for them. The online and offline increases the experience that you're getting um, from Vina World because you're actually taking out the time to hop into your car or an Uber or an Ola, hmm. go to the office and really doing that. And, you know, more often than not, these are travelers who want to really understand what the what is the product that I'm getting. So for us, the online bit, which is our website, right? Because at the end of the day, a customer or traveler facing thing is the website. Now, generally, every website, whether you're a Zomato or anything, you have the homepage, you have the search results page and you have the product page. And then you have a contact us page and someone decided many years ago that about us page should everyone has sure. an about us page. Now, we decided uh, a few years ago that if we are only this, we are transactional. We are not creating anything for the traveler. And if we only keep thinking ki how do we upgrade the homepage, how do we upgrade the product detail page, then you are only doing cosmetic changes to what sure. is already there. Then we brought in testimonials and reviews because we were like, we have such a huge bank of sure. people writing sure. to us. Hmm. Let it be on the website. We brought in content and content I've been talking about, like different types of things. Yeah. But more than that, we brought in pages that really solve problems of the traveler and their loved ones. Like I'll give you an okay. example. Like we have a page on the website called Tour Status Page. Mm -hmm. Now we realized that in our call center, we were getting many calls from relatives of travelers who are currently on tour. Just asking that, hey, my mother's on tour in Dubai right now. Maybe she's not getting Wi-Fi or something like that. I just wanted to make sure she's fine or not. Now, this person who, who's in our call center is also clueless. 
बिकॉज अरे टूर मैनेजर लेट मी गेट इन टच विथ हिम एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट एंड देन वी रियलाइज दैट देर इज अ डिस्कनेक्ट बिटवीन दीज टू सो देन क्रिएट अ टूअर स्टेटस पेज विच शोज ऑल ऑफ द टूअर्स लाइक एज वी स्पीक हंड्रेड एंड एट्टी टूअर्स आर ऑन रोड इन इंडिया एंड द वर्ल्ड ऑल टूअर्स यू कैन सी सो यू कैन पुट द नेम ऑफ द टूअर यू कैन पुट द कोड ऑफ द टूअर यू कैन पुट द लोकेशन दैट यूर लव्ड वन इज ट्रेवलिंग इन एंड यू विल सी दैट टूअर where they are today who the tour manager is how the tour is going everything that just added value to the experience that mm. i'm providing you mm. now when you see the tour status page it is an it is a page that everyone else will think it's irrelevant sure but then we started realizing that in the offline space to create value to create credibility our sales team members were also using it to show it to the traveler mm. let me show you some reviews let me show you some photos that our tour managers have uploaded because okay. our tour managers have an app they upload photos they come onto the website now when all of these things happen right like you are just one increasing the extent or, or the reach of your website because you're creating more and more Use pages hmm. and then you're catering to the right audience at the right time so that's why in the sprints that we do in our technology team we often go like you know this quarter you're not going to work on the home page search page and the product page because every ui ux designer will always think here product page mein ye change karte hai sure. every quarter that will keep happening but then you forget that all of these other assets that you have hmm. um go away so the online and circling back to your question the online and offline interplay that is there is online aids the offline experience offline experience also aids the online experience because once you've booked the tour to make to upload visa documents to upload to make the balance payments and all you just have to log into my yeah, account and yeah. that can be done sure. so for us it is like you decide whether you want to book the tour on a call through email by walking into one of our locations by just doing it online hmm. anything is possible hmm. and even if you're doing it online we are, we can slide in and be like okay let me take you through the journey so you know add these details and all of that i'm going to zoom in on this a little yeah. bit so would the guy sitting in you know the, one of the apartments behind over a mall hmm. know that you have a branch in malad and this is where he could go to speak to somebody called meal or whoever your store manager there or counterpart there is and so there's a name and face to it because the trust factor in travel with high value tickets yeah. is very interesting in a in in a dimension right so is this something you currently orchestrate or intend to or expect to up until a few years ago that wasn't possible that person sitting in that building would not know that a vina world exists but now we are able to understand where this user is we are able to know that okay like what locality this person may be there putting in just a basic survey form right you know on your website tells you what this person is if they put their contact number and all of that and if we if the persona of the user exists in our system or the profile mm. exists we are able to do targeted communication right if they don't exist in our system still they are an anonymous user yeah. but if they give you consent by giving you your email address and contact number what we do is we try to drive them to a contact us page that we have so that mm. we can get in touch with them or a message might go to them and be like you know would you like to know the closest vina world to you so there are different points in the journey for an anonymous user also where we are trying to get you to a product page or a contact page so that you can get in touch with someone you can ask for a call back and that only needs a contact number right sure. so but we still find it a hassle or a challenge 
not the smoothest user yeah not the smoothest way of mm-hmm. doing it that's why okay. we try to make the online booking experience also easy that's seamless yeah. because that's sort of an established category where people know yeah. what to expect across different click streams wherever there is assistance that needs to get involved is where it gets slightly easy yeah but i hear you but from a let's say ambition lens you would love to be able to solve for this if you're able to make it more seamless i mean over the last year it's been possible more yeah. so because like i said people are ready to come on to a zoom sure so they don't want to walk into an office but they want to schedule a zoom call so Why that man? is possible so we call it a video consultation with our experts and today you can just fill up a form our um, team member will call you ask you for your convenience slots and because we have the sheer number of people at different branches mm. if you say that okay neil you know friday evening 9 pm is only what is available for me there will be a travel expert who will get in touch with you so we call it 24/7 not the call center being 24/7 sure. but if you want to hop on a call to discuss a holiday at 3 am we will try to make that possible wow that's quite amazing <laughs> so in terms of just the uh, back end infra that you have to make it uh, make all of this happen and i will segue this into the content strategy side of things as well now you have all of these tour operators or tour managers you said who are out there along yeah. with the groups who know the ins and outs of that destination i would assume yeah. and then you have these travel experts who are sitting on these desks who are actually having the conversation with customers there's a lot of knowledge to be managed across the system right yeah so and again when you say uh, content personalization across all of these different needs the content has to be created it has to be tagged it has to be packaged and then it has to be distributed yeah help us understand this whole engine a little bit well when you're building the ecosystem you have to start somewhere but you have to make the team also believe that everything is possible sure so in the pandemic when travel was not on we had a lot of free time on our hands so we started doing podcasts then a little bit into doing podcasts i realized that okay like you know this is a good mechanism to put out there and not only for external audience but for the internal audience okay. also then the first challenge over there was making the team believe ki hum log ye kar sakte hain so that's why i was like okay podcast shuru kar diye travel explore celebrate life is our podcast mm-hmm. me and my co-founder sunila we sit down and we do it but that was a weekly podcast i was like bada challenge lena hai so i told them daily podcast karna hai okay. so okay daily podcast karte hain know the unknown where i tell you something that you probably don't know in under 3 minutes sure like topics like you know what is that beeping sound on an airplane after take off was okay. something like that or a topic was like you know why was the vankhede stadium in mumbai built so we created the podcast 365 days of the year every day a podcast released. was released wow now doing that was execution was managed easy what seemed like a challenge on day 1 30 65 days of the year the team is like chalo aur podcast to ho gaya now you have 350 tour managers now if i'm creating content called no the unknown and travel explore celebrate life i can multiply that or amplify that 350 times if my tour managers became influencers sure and our tour managers have a wealth of information but it's all over here absolutely bringing that outside becomes difficult now all 350 tour managers may not know each other so tour manager who let's say tour manager a may find it awkward to go ask tour manager b ki are mujhe japan ke bare mein information de but this tour manager b might have such a wealth of information where you know indian travelers think that japan jana hai matlab sushi khana hai but tour manager b knows that japan jab aap jaoge you can eat sushi you can eat okonomiyaki you can eat ramen you can eat udon noodles and 100 other things sure. so then we were like how do we bring solve this so we created a third podcast called chalo bag bharo nikal pado and that was more of a youtube podcast and this was just me extracting information from our tour managers so that other tour managers can hear okay 
and we just kept creating content like this pata nahi kya hone wala knowledge that's available in house practically because these are all your employees exactly and you get this out and now this is available for internal as well as external audience yeah and then creating content is just going to sit there right but we were like now everyone knows ki we are creating content of course when you release your first episode you have your uh five listens right sure. like your parents have listened to it and your team has listened to it it compounds but when you do 100 episodes now now we've done like more than 800 episodes all across Spotify so and all of that friendly to content <laughs> so we then started doing that how do we put these podcasts on the tour managers app so that if a tour manager listens to or wants information about barcelona and they just search for barcelona all the content that we have whether it's blogs youtube videos instagram and all of that should come over here sure so every day we are building newer and have tools. you considered taking this to your customers across all these channels so if i'm saying barcelona whatsapp to vina world yeah that's the dope that should come back to me right see every podcast that goes onto the website and every podcast also becomes a content that can be used in one of the journeys of webing so not just the full podcast you'll break it down into 20 different things make exactly. repurpose content out of it and that's like a wealth of information yeah you can also translate that into multiple languages and utilize that across more channels right yeah because today we are you using content about india to attract foreigners also to come to india sure right and that is one of our big businesses where foreigners that are is. coming in and like you know looking at some podcast somewhere some youtube short somewhere and coming in so the podcast is our replacing that long fat lonely planet book now huh? yeah like foreigners carried around Exactly. So yeah. it's very powerful from a lens that one, this is long shelf life content. There will always be people traveling to Hampi for the next several years. Yeah. As far as the facts are, Hampi about the history, about the culture, about the things will not change. Which means it's not, it's not topical content that to keep creating every week. Yeah. But once you create this large repository, you can keep funding your entire marketing engine for a fair bit of time to come. Yeah. And then different journeys, right? Like I could talk about Pune and food, and then that Pune. No, there's infinite room for content. Yeah. And suddenly, when you translate it, those 350 tour operators become content creators. They have their own stories, which would. When Japan has multiple cities to travel, yeah. each city has their own story, and each city could actually talk about a lot of Noah's content, which is not otherwise available. Yeah. So to me, the part that content origination, which is the harder part, because yeah. you don't have always the depth available, that's a solved problem for you. Mm. Now, just a matter of packaging and distributing it effectively, which yeah. is also an ongoing evolution, because mm. you've probably been doing six on ten, seven on ten already, but there's mm. always these three more things you can do with content. Yeah. So that makes it extremely powerful. You know, uh, back to this uh, one little chat around just the audience segment with respect to just the money side of things. Uh, is there a fairly diverse set of price points slash budgets per person that you operate at, or is there a let's say accumulation in one specific thing that most people who travel domestically with us would be spending about a lakh rupees on a domestic holiday per person? So what does that uh, look like? Let's take Europe's example, sure. right? If you just search for Europe on the Vina World page, you'll be thrown seventy-five options. Okay, because we've realized that when it comes to budget. Someone is okay spending seventy-five lakh rupees or one lakh rupees and want to tick buck mm. Europe of their bucket list. Well, seventy-five thousand previously. Now it's increased post the pandemic. Or someone is okay doing a twenty-nine day trip to Europe and spend four and a half lakh rupees per person also. Sure. This budget um, idea also keeps changing. After doing the first um, travel experience that they have, they will think that okay, you know. I'm going to spend less on my social activities and increase my travel budget. Sure. Then their budget changes. Yeah. Some people do Europe, all countries, like you know, ten countries, um, in their first trip. But after that, they are like, this ten country trip gave me an idea about Europe which yeah. I didn't know about. Now I want to do Italy over seventies. Sure. I want to do Spain over nineties. Mm. And then they keep coming back. So 
if you were to just say that okay like Akbar is going to only spend 30 to 50,000 on a holiday and put that in a segment you might go in off. on the off and on the wrong tangent yep. and we have seen that like mm-hmm. you know so that's why we have always tried to build this uh, narrative where we tell our sales team members and our sales partners that don't think that someone is only in this budget bracket. So yeah, behavior demonstrated with you is not a sufficient indicator for future behavior because out of the 10 things they would have traveled, they would have done one with you, nine elsewhere. So you can't use that as a baseball yeah. subsequent. But is there a lens to capture intent or, you know, just ask me very simply, what is your annual travel budget like? And let me curate the entire year's journey for you. Yeah. One of the other lenses to apply is when you have kids, they have schools and schools have definitive holidays. Now, yeah. I might be okay to bunk my office, hmm. but there's no way I'm bunking school for my kids, right? Yeah. In which case, my holiday pattern will end up very, very tightly mapped to their summer vacation, their Diwali vacation, yeah. their annual December vacation. Yeah. And if I have to make the most of these times and mm-hmm. I have to navigate those options, right? If I have to do India versus international, that's any point of time there are 10 different things to be done yeah. and available. And I might have a broad sense on what I'm okay to spend for the year. But beyond that, there's too much research to be yeah. done. Now, I discovered for my December that there's no Bombay Srinagar flight, there's no Bombay Kohati easy flight, there's yeah. no Bombay couple of most are similar destinations. And like, yeah. dude, why is there no better connectivity? If you have to hop, you waste one day in and out. Yeah. So I'm trying to understand when you look at uh, a customer, when he comes to you for the first time, how do you then look at, okay, he's going to do this with me at least, but then for sure, this is going to engage with me for a longer time. And how do you solve it from a, you know, engagement and comms lens? Because you spoke about the fact that the travel advisor or the expert would pretty much end up in a situation where he's on the WhatsApp of the customer and he'd be in a position to recommend what the next thing he should do. Yeah. So how does it work out? So, you know, after doing so many travelers over the years, we have been able to build patterns. Like, you know, see earlier, it used to be the first trip outside of India would always and always be Thailand. Right? Everyone would be on that Bangkok flight. Mm. But suddenly, Dubai and Abu Dhabi have emerged as strong competitors to Thailand. Sure. And we are seeing double the number of people going to Dubai and Abu Dhabi as their first trip. As compared to Thailand. Okay. This has made us also rethink our in, or our journeys. Mm. If someone has traveled five times with us within India only, then we will keep pushing so communication to out to you about Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Mm. Now, Dubai and Abu Dhabi are bringing out new things all the time. Similarly, when you go to Australia or something like Japan, nowadays you get Australia gives you a multiple entry visa for three years. Sure. Japan gives you a multiple entry visa sometimes for five years also. If you have done, like if you have a good travel history. And we know how long your visa is valid for. Then we'll ask you, why don't you want to go to Japan again? Like I went to Japan first 2015 and every year since I've gone there. I've lived in Australia and every three years I've been to Australia. I know how, like I'm able to know how long your passport is valid for, how long your visa is valid for and all of that, right? Because... And we, you also we have this information. But when you apply for a visa, you tend to get the uh, passport history travel information as well. Do yeah, you but we capture that yet. We still value a lot privacy? of the pr- privacy, so that's why we don't get into that. So I would imagine, while of course it might sound intrusive, but it can jolly well be with permission. But a good job in profiling might just throw a lot of uh, yeah. interesting dimensions. So you know, I mentioned a guest connect team at Vina World, yeah. right? A lot of the profiling happens there where we contact the guests where you have done more than three or four mm-hmm. tra- uh, travel things with uh, Vina World. And then we ask them that, you know, would you like to create a travel portfolio for yourself and then build something around it? Because we'll be, 
and whoever consents to that we will yes, really uh, output portfolio it's a set of destinations yeah you tell us where you've been where you've mm-hmm. not been so mm-hmm. every time a new launch happens we will get in touch with okay. you not that we'll send you an sms sure. we want to make that very personal mm-hmm. of course that means we need more people right like um but we've realized that then you're able to build that relationship for the long long term absolutely and see you're not going to stop traveling until the end of your life so you will always keep traveling wherever you go yeah so we want to be in front of you we want to do that so to be the de facto exactly travel partner so if you have a multiple uh, entry visa for some destination we think that you should go there two or three times because you don't have to go through the visa hassle see you know in the news you've heard of so many visa problems happen for so many countries yeah. right so we sat down at the end of july and we were like just tracking data and 33% of india travels in the month of may like 33% of the number of trips that are done are happening in may mm. which means everything is loaded sure. the system goes for a toss whether it's consulates embassies airports everything gets loaded now if 33% of india is traveling capacity to generate visas is also not going to go of up course. but like you rightly said that you can only travel during that so that's why we often ask our travelers that see you want to go during this time but instead of going here why not go exactly here? go here right sunil um, you know in your industry like you just mentioned the month of may being a spike and likewise yeah. the probably end of december which is an insane spike uh, from a data lens how do you optimize your let's say spends or mind share for uh, from that lens you know because there is going to be dull period and there are going to be spikes when spikes happen everybody wants to travel yeah. and everybody also wants to compete very well right? right the cpcs and the ppcs will go crazy yeah how do you look at uh, the data side of things see the spikes can happen at different levels right if you want to just take an overview like i said 33% of india yeah. travels during the month of may but if you think about destination wise mm-hmm. cherry blossom for japan is a spike sure right the spring and autumn season in australia is a spike okay the great migration in africa is going to give you a spike events like the tulips of amsterdam is going to give you a small spike generally you have a plethora of destinations that you can promote mm. right you knowing where to allocate your spends during that time is essential that's one thing second thing is that 33% of india might travel in may but will 33% of india book their travel in february that's not the case okay we have people we are um, closer to the end of the year in 2023 we have people who will probably um, book for next year's november right okay. because they like doing that sure right i often like booking flight tickets in advance for whatever reason yeah now they will do that but there will be travelers who will be doing for tomorrow also or for next sure. month also now when something like this happens allocating it in the right way is going to be trial and error hmm. and we are finding that more and more people are booking much later now because they are not sure about leaves sure sometimes like things change and like you hmm. know say for example if the ipl is happening in india and that corresponds to election year which is going to happen next year right which means a lot of the government organizations are going to work overtime in may during election season sure. and then ipl and election season coincide because that's april and may then you know that okay like you know how are we going to ensure that, that the people who are travel were supposed to travel in may will travel in april so then mm. spends have to go there uh you look at different geographies also generally um if 
if you look at influencer marketing or if you look at like celebrity marketing coming into your ads and all of that. And if you're going to do that during the period of Diwali and all of that, you do it in newspapers or digital, you're going to be lost in front of a lot of the audience okay. because you are just bombarded with ads. And if you open the newspaper on Diwali day or Christmas day, there are five jackets. There will, there will be an electronic store. There'll be one of the e-commerce companies. There'll be like a Zomato or a Swiggy occupying the space. Mm. And to read the newspaper, you're on page six. Yep. So allocating spend at the right time becomes a challenge, but you learn every day. Sure. You you learn whether advertising on Monday helps with, or doing it on Wednesday helps. Different cities in India react differently to ads. Um, if you look at a tier three city in India, they will like you'll have higher conversion rates over there as compared to an urban population like Mumbai or Chennai or Bangalore. Now, there are different things that affect this, but. What we have learned is when it comes to our attention marketing, performance marketing, even off digital marketing, it's always been about timing it right. Okay. If you're able to time it right or create that need in the minds of the consumer, you'll probably be able to do it in a better way. But that's always trial and error. If you think that, okay, I've suddenly got this funding and I'm coming in and I'm going to spend all my funding during the Diwali season, You'll probably be able to do a good job. But after that, what are you going to do? Yep. Because travel happens all through the year. So, yeah, the metrics keep changing. But when you have so many destinations in India and around the world, there's always something that is there to sell. Yeah, in some sense, it parallels me the whole fruit seasons, right? The oranges yeah. are available from here in this month, but from there in the other month. Yeah, exactly. Which means yeah. you might jolly well just make sure your spends are somewhat more intelligently allocated and not uh, on page six during Diwali because yeah. people are traveling during Diwali and not booking on Diwali. Exactly. They're already booked. Yeah, so what's the point of yep. Absolutely. So Neil, uh, you love doling out content and you love offering tips and all of that is of course focused on travel. But for a moment, if you were to step back and look at uh, tips for user engagement, retention, marketing professionals, what would those two or three tips be for 2024? Well, I guess if I were to think about it, I'll give three tips, right? One is if you're creating content, if you're really going through the pain of creating content, create content that is for the user and not is for and not for SEO or Google purposes. Because today, everyone is doing that. But if you really want to create lifetime value with or a relationship with your customer, create something that will really give them what they're looking for. Hmm. Because, you know, when you search for what is a good Chinese restaurant in some part of the world, You'll get all of these SEO friendly suggestions, but you still don't get an answer to that. So I've always, like when I started creating content, my view was I'm going to create content for the user. I'm not going to write a blog and make it SEO friendly. Of course, other blogs could be that, but if I'm writing it, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have my newsletter be like for anything. Like it's me doing it with you. Second is you're able to repurpose content. So think about it that way. Don't let your content piece just be that one piece which is on YouTube. Try to repurpose it somewhere. Like, you know, work smart, like I said when I was discussing AI. And I guess the third thing is that whether you're creating short-form content, whether you're creating long-form content, or whatever content um, that you're creating, don't try to monetize it every time. Because if you monetize it every time, then at the end of the day, you're selling. Hmm. And if you're continuously selling, then the user is going to come to you the first time but you will see your bounce rate being very high sure that is why yes you can if you're doing the right thing monetization will anyways happen retention will anyways happen 
solve the problem that the user has arrived on the website or your portal or your blog for. And I guess those are three things that I'll really recommend. So, well, I think the insane amount of content and the insane amount of data that you have available should make Veena World a travel powerhouse. And we wish you all the best for that. Thanks and we'll continue to play our role. Yep. Thank you so much for doing this very exciting conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.